This podcast brought to you by Earthlink. It's Wednesday, March 8th, 2006. I'm Tom Merritt. I'm Molly Wood. And I'm Veronica Belmont. Welcome to a special interview edition of Buzz Out Loud, CNET's podcast of indeterminate length. We have extremely exciting guests today. Uh, Peter Reese, executive producer and creator of the show Mythbusters, which you may have seen on the Discovery Network here in the U.S., is with us. Welcome, Peter. How you doing? And we also have Grant Imahara, who is host and resident electrical engineer and, among other th- things, can fit in the C-3PO costume and yes. has operated R2-D2 <laughs> and the list goes on and, and on. On and on and on. And um, just to give you an idea of how it appears to be to work on this show, just from five minutes of having met these guys, you, Grant, came in on crutches today. Can you tell us why again? <laughs> yes, I sprained my ankle uh, attempting to simulate a Mission Impossible entry into a secure facility. Wow. Awesome. Now, <laughs> we should it? add he was um, actually in his underwear, not wearing anything else, trying to right. beat a thermal sensor. Probably one of the awesome. reasons you sprained your ankle. Yeah, the not underwear was... protective clothing. Yeah. Right. Underwear is optional. Not a lot of support there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe underwear and boots next time. Um, now, is it a real... I know this is a little off topic because obviously you guys are here to talk to us about cell phones on planes, which has been a huge... Cell phones on planes. Cell phones on planes. Cell phones on planes. We have a whole snakes on a plane thing going on. Um, (laughs) And we have been talking a lot about cell phones on a plane. But really quickly, just a tangent, was it a real secure facility or do you recreate a secure facility? We recreated the whole facility in our shop. So, but, uh, you know, we built the building to regular building codes and filled it with... um, uh, regular off-the-shelf sensors. And in fact, we got a lot of the information about how this would work from the U.S. military. Um, we uh, went out and actually did a recce out at the, the former uh, uh, nuclear weapons storage facility out at Alameda. Really? And um, had a look at the kind of security that they had there and, and just happened to pick up, lying on the ground there from <laughs> 1972, the manual for running the security system. Just happened to. Just happened to. <laughs> How <laughs> handy. And did they, did they know you were poking around there? Was that, or did you just <laughs> Yeah, no, they knew we were poking around. I was just amazed that they left the things behind. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah I bet. You were just sure. on a tour. <laughs> yeah. Well, we do a lot of work with the military bases, so they know us and they like us. Um, really quickly on the off chance that our, our audience, obviously the perfect audience for Mythbusters, but on the off chance they don't know, tell us very quickly what you do and then we'll get into kind of the meat of our discussion today. Uh, well, Mythbusters, we look at any kind of popular misconception or uh, modern urban legend and we try to apply science um, or pseudoscience uh, to <laughs> determine whether any of the claims that are made are actually valid or not. And so we have five hosts, two teams working. Jamie and Adam are the two hosts that people would be most familiar with. But fortunately, we've actually now taken on, we've been working with us for about the last year and a half, Grant, who is an electrical engineer, who has widely stretched the available uh, base of stories that we can actually look at. I'm sure. So then you worked on the cell phones on a plane. That's right. Myth. Uh, The myth, yes. Uh, Actually, our myth was that it was a conspiracy uh, between the airlines and the people who have the seatback phones oh, to uh, prevent you from yeah. using your cell We've phone. We've heard that myth. Mm-hmm. We, discussed that we were discussing that very conspiracy theory the other day because mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of conspiracy theories. So. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't we all? He, again, your target audience. <laughs> and so, so what, what, what did you do? So uh, first of all, we replicated a British Civil Aviation Authority study that was conducted recently where they took in a Faraday cage to prevent any outside interference from getting to the recording instruments, they took uh, a several 
airplane instruments and a cell phone generator and tested them in this Faraday cage to see whether there was any effect from broadcasting those various cell phone frequencies on the instruments. So it was a generator that would broadcast at the different frequencies that a normal cell phone would use. It wasn't actually cell phones, but it was using the same waves in their study, able to simulate it? In their study, they used uh, the simulator, but in our uh, duplication of that study, we also used cell phones. Oh, okay, great. Oh, okay, so you have it all covered. Yeah. And dun-dun-dun... What did you find out? Oh, we can't give that away. Oh, <laughs> no, Get we, out. We, we have to go back a couple of steps because this story has been one of the most difficult stories we've ever set up. Not difficult technically, but difficult from the viewpoint of uh, actually being allowed to do it. For some reason that we can't determine, uh, both mm. the, our parent company... Conspiracy. And, well, <laughs> I'm not saying there's totally. a conspiracy here, and I think... <laughs> That's why we'll I had to say it for you. <laughs> it, was, it was extremely difficult. Um, it's one of the hardest stories we've ever set up, uh, primarily because lawyers from the broadcaster, our parent company, uh, an independent legal firm in Los Angeles, plus from the FAA and the FCC oh, all got geez. involved. Wow. So we felt wow. that, uh, to put it bluntly, we, uh, our attempt to do this story was kind of emasculated by the legal process. Wait, and you, but you were just setting up a cage in a studio where you weren't actually getting on a plane, were you? Or uh, were you? Right from the beginning. Just, just yeah. the concept of doing this story uh-huh. set off alarm bells everywhere. Wow. Particularly within the broadcaster for reasons that uh, we believe – we have done a bunch of airplane stories before. If you, uh, should you be in the brace position? Is it designed to actually – the conspiracy mm-hmm. is designed to snap your neck mm-hmm. so that the right. airlines don't have to pay a lot of money for um, – <laughs> Wrong, wrongful, oh out, my God. wrongful death. Horrible. Wrongful death is actually cheaper for the airlines than years of rehabilitation. Well, and but, and and it could be a mercy thing because you know if you're not going to survive a plane wreck anyway, yeah. you might as well have to go quick. We, we, we've also let off explosives in aircraft and shot bullets out through the side to see if there's explosive decompression. And all of these stories just ring. Airplanes, obvious for obvious reasons, ring alarm bells in the United States. Absolutely. Yes. So um, that was one thing, but we weren't prepared for exactly the level of scrutiny that this story would um, elicit. Well, you have the cellular telephone industry on one hand who doesn't like you ever saying anything. Molly knows this because she did a story on uh, radiation one time and they were all over her Mm -hmm. for every little claim. And then you have the FAA on the other hand, so I can see where that would be. Well, funnily enough, the FAA were fine. Really? Yep. The FAA, the regulations as it stand from what we could determine is the FCC is the one that has the law. Ah. So if you if you use a cell phone on an airplane, you're actually breaking a Federal Communications Commission law. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not actually breaking an FAA law. You're breaking a regulation, um, mainly to do with actually uh, if you're being told, obviously you have to do what the stewards and the people who control the aircraft ask you to do. And if they ask you not to use a cell phone, then you're actually breaking the law by using the cell phone, but not, not for the use of it. It's for not following the rules that oh, have, have been set down by sneaky. the flight stewards. Yeah. So if they forgot to tell you. Yeah. yeah. Which they never do. And they we, never do. We could, we could have, I mean, as far as the FAA were concerned, we could have actually taken a cell phone onto an airplane and used it. If we had managed, if that airline had managed to show that the cell phone was not dangerous to have on the airplane. Mm-hmm. And so far, those studies, are, they're in the process of being conducted. Hmm. So, um, and we don't have the budget or the time that would allow us to go through the lengthy process of allowing for a study to be done. So that's not right. our ballpark. Yeah. So. But that would, be, that would be the way to prove it definitively right out of the gate. Take a bunch of cell phones onto an airplane, right. 
go up to altitude and see what it does. <laughs> I mean, yeah. die or not die. Yeah. But yeah. Well, and of course, that's parachutes. definitive, all right. <laughs> yeah. If you're prepared, yeah. on get in the, the brace way, position. On the way home to Australia, I accidentally left my cell phone on. It, we've heard lots of stories. And like it, just, it just happened to be hanging in the seat in front of me. And I don't know why, but I, I looked at it. And I looked to see if I was getting cell phone mm-hmm. coverage. Yeah. And the interesting thing about it was you do get coverage, but there's clearly some kind of Doppler effect going on from the speed of the aircraft because the coverage will build up to full coverage and then immediately drop away. And then it'll build up and then huh. immediately mm-hmm. drop away. So uh, what we'd been told and what that seemed to indicate was that even if you could use the, if you could take the cell phone on board, you wouldn't be able to keep a call for more than about sort of 30 seconds to a minute. Mm-hmm. Right. So you could make the call, but it wouldn't last very long. So there's a, there is a technical reason why you don't use cell phones on airplanes. Now, we've got several uh, calls and emails about this. There was a pilot called and said that his first officer had left his cell phone on and it rang one time with, before, before they had taxied. And it, it just sent the meters or, or right. sent the, uh, the, the devices into disarray. I when, think you said when specifically it, the GPS. This, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I think you said the altimeter too went. Yeah. But then we've also had That's a lot a of light term. plane pilots write in and say, oh, I've used my cell phone in my light plane all the time and it's never caused a problem. Now, well, I don't know if there's a difference between... Well, interestingly, Grant can talk to this more specifically, but um, we found, in fact, the opposite was the case. Really? That it was actually potentially more dangerous on a light plane than it is on a jetliner. Interesting. And so going back to the, the Faraday cage now, so since we couldn't get on the commercial airliner, we set up this, this experiment, the controlled experiment, with uh, the same electronics you'd have in a, a light aircraft mm-hmm. and found that, yes, in fact, we did get interference, a significant amount of interference from the various cell phone technologies. Mm-hmm. So, um, And that was on things like glide slope indicators, the VOR systems, all the techniques that are used to navigate your way to the runway right. and then actually land the aircraft. Uh, Grant found, and he can again talk to this more directly, very large fluctuations in the response of these instruments when a cell phone in a certain frequency was on. Interesting. That is That actually does validate the results of that recent survey, too, that said that one of the things specifically that, that can be affected is GPS and landing. Yeah. Well, we, gear, we couldn't actually get landing. the GPS to work. Oh, we, couldn't? we couldn't show interference on the GPS. We were using what more traditional instruments that would be in aircraft. GPS is kind of modern, right. relatively modern. These oh. were glide slope indicators, mm-hmm. uh, VOR systems, so uh, things that would be for navigation from point to point and also for landing. Right. And I think the, the, the takeoff and landing are really the most critical times, uh, you know, when you're trying to get an aircraft going. Uh, <laughs> so, but and that's why they tell you to turn off all your electronics of any kind during takeoff and landing, I would Exactly. Presume. Right. And we do, we actually have an email today basically from someone saying that he is a light plane, that he's flown in light aircraft and noticed similar problems with the cell phone on, not... Obviously, to that extent, he talks more about like the radio buzzing and crackling, which doesn't yep. seem very serious compared to what you're describing. Yeah, compared to navigation, that's that's pretty minor. Well, Yikes. but potentially radio crackles and buzzes at just the time you get the direction from the tower saying turn left. That's true. You've got a 747 coming on your fly path. I mean, any of those things potentially could be quite dangerous. Obviously. So, but you found little interference with a jetliner or none or so yeah the next results or was that stuff you couldn't even (laughs) do due to the fcc yeah (laughs) the next step was to then try and get to something larger so in the light aircraft the wiring isn't uh, all shielded and there's no hard what they call uh, i guess uh something that's hardened against rf so we went to a uh a jetliner for hire you know kind of a 
not quite the uh, 747, but something mm-hmm. you know larger than a light aircraft. Right. The important thing was it had to have the glass cockpits. It had to have all the instruments in panels people are familiar with, computer screen panels, everything running. We wanted it to be fly-by-wire aircraft because mm-hmm. obviously yeah. that is what most of us would experience as the kinds of planes we'd be in, and, and that was the one that really should be the subject of our study. Right, right. and it's very similar... Uh, we spoke to several airline mechanics, and it's very similar to the type of thing that you find in a larger aircraft, say, you know, large commercial aircraft. And uh, we tried a number of different cell phones from a number of different eras at a number of different powers. So also with, uh, again, regular cell phones and the simulator, so we could jack up. What the simulator does is allow us to jack up the power level to simulate you now okay, maybe it doesn't work at a regular power output, but what about if you make it 10 times mm-hmm. or 100 times? Glass cockpit with many different cell phone technologies. I feel so nervous. Uh, we should say on the ground. We were because, never allowed to leave oh, the ground. We could ground. not leave the ground. Even fact, technically, even just taxiing in the aircraft, you would yeah. be breaking and making a cell yeah. phone call. You'd be breaking the FCC laws. And, and not for lack of trying because... Even NASA and the military cannot, they have to go by the same rules. Huh. Really? Now, I've heard a myth, and perhaps it's a myth or not, that the FCC does says that because your cell phone call could then be broadcast over a wide area and We've cause many sites at once. We've okay. also heard that. We obviously, not being able to get a cell phone in the air, we couldn't actually test it. So right. that's something that remains to be tested. And maybe with a bit of luck, they might return to us and say, you guys obviously did a great job. We'd like you to test it. <laughs> <laughs> You're clearly very responsible, young man. Um, well, or perhaps wait, in Tuvalu. We're losing focus here. What so happened? What happened? What happened? <laughs> I know, we're drawing suspense. this out. Ah, before yeah, we tell you what happened, <laughs> there's we just a, have to, uh, we've got to go back to the FAA. Commercial there, break. There, there, there are Oh, yeah, yeah, actually. We, Which we do have to <laughs> Actually, take before we tell break. you what happened, let's take a break. <laughs> Hold on, we'll be right back with the answer. Do you believe anything is possible? At Earthlink, we do. We believe the same company that delivers your lightning-fast DSL connection can deliver your home phone service and wireless service, too. One company for all your communication needs. Visit earthlink.net and start believing today. Earthlink, we revolve around you. <laughs> okay, we're back. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> okay. And the answer we're is so no, we wait. We have two people in the FAA and the FCC, the people who are responsible for their publicity and promotions, who I can honestly and safely say hate us with a passion because we tried absolutely everything we conceivably could to get a cell phone on an airplane in flight, anything. Getting on a military Mm -hmm. aircraft, we tried getting... Uh, see if we could find someone who was actually approved, an aircraft that was actually approved to have cell phones on them, because some of them are. We tried to go in with Boeing, any of the organizations that are currently developing systems that might allow safe usage of cell phones on airplanes. And we repeatedly hit the FAA with different requests for how we might be able to do this. And the answer was an absolute point blank no. Uh, Not uh, from the FCC, from the FAA, it was, well, if you've got this testing regime in place, blah, 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 which we couldn't establish. So, planes on the ground, grants in it with a cell phone, uh, okay. gen- signal generator, and, <laughs> and... And, mind you, these are the same types of electronic <laughs> systems that you'd have on a commercial aircraft. <laughs> You're killing us, Grant. You're killing us. <laughs> and did we say that we went to an airport? We did go, and we were at an airport receiving signals from their radio, uh, their tower. No result. No change. <gasps> we went through all the systems, VOR, um, glide slope... GPS, no result. 
No wow. change. No interference whatsoever. <gasps> Interesting. Now, this is not to say that you should go out and you know defy FAA or FCC regulations. Right. Because uh, subsequently, other information we've got jail. is... Yeah, well, other than the obvious <laughs> jail, um, you know, it's not to say that these particular technologies, uh, they will not interfere, but there may be something else that comes along. As, you know, you guys know and all of your listeners know, new technology comes out all the time. Mm -hmm. So right now, what we have may not be interfering, but until they can conduct the study to do it, Mm -hmm. You don't know. What do those airphones huh. use? What did they just use a different frequency? That's Satellite. They use two systems. They actually have a dedicated ground station, mm -hmm. and there is a uh, once you you connect through on a hard line in the body of the aircraft that connects to a uh, uh, broadcast station in the belly of the aircraft that connects to 135 ground stations. Yeah. Uh, if they're out over the ocean, then it goes via satellite. Okay. But so, the, but but you know what? We put Wi-Fi on the planes, which a couple of airlines have now, and then everybody can just make VoIP calls anyway. So true. Yeah, that's true. Maybe yeah. that is actually the we've had a several the safest that. way to there go. Was, yeah. There was some of the stuff that I read was actually suggesting that a number of the instances that had happened on aircraft were associated with computers, not with cell phones. Oh, really? Yeah. Which they let you, you can have a computer. Absolutely. No problem. <laughs> the thing yeah. is, yeah, but you're supposed to, legally you're supposed to actually have the uh, wireless connection turned off. Right, but then right. there's these airlines that are offering Wi-Fi service. Yes, on the and, like what, yeah. and what, yeah, but what, the way that's working is that you're, you've got the Wi-Fi, my understanding of it is that it's connecting into a, a node that's in the aircraft. Right. And okay. so therefore, each system is not trying to broadcast to the ground. It's broadcasting uh, to the node, uh -huh. and then the node has a, a, a central broadcaster that then works, obviously, to some kind of dedicated system. Yeah. So it's not like a cell phone where you're trying to make mm -hmm. an indiv individual connection, right. of which there could be you know, potentially two or 300 on an aircraft if everyone decided to make a phone call. So is your recommendation, indeed, that the conspiracy theory is true? <laughs> well, certainly if you look at the costs, yeah. the air phone is extremely expensive. Oh, sense. they're ripping them out on a lot of flights or disabling them, so... Well, I, I guess the thing is now they're also trying to put in cell stations in the aircraft. Like a phone booth. Like a phone yeah. booth. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no booth. It's, it's the same way the Wi-Fi would work. It's oh. you have a node in the aircraft. You can use your oh, own man. cell phone in a particular mode. Oh. they got to have a booth to the... so you don't, don't have to hear anyone talking on their cell phone. Because we did talk about we're, a story where they were booth. putting in a booth oh my at the back God. of the booth. Here we are at ah, CNET yeah. amongst a bunch of Luddites. No, we want a booth. I'm all for using the technology. I just don't want to have to listen to some guy yakking to his girlfriend in the seat next to me. <laughs> it's true. So, I totally agree. Really, we would love to have another crack at it. Yeah, we'd love to go up in an airplane and just monitor the signal strength and those kinds of things. Uh, we we really felt as though that that at the end of all of this, we 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 showed we verified some things, but none of us felt satisfied at the end of it. Right. So, um, if the FAA or the FCC are currently listening. <laughs> We'd love to get on an airplane. We know we have some airline pilots. I don't We'd know like if we that too. They can spread the word. Yeah. Start a petition. <laughs> All right. Well, Mythbusters, uh, I know it airs in the U.S. on Discovery Channel. When, when and where can people watch it? Oh, Wednesday nights, 9 o'clock. We're now worldwide. Big yeah. following in Excellent. Finland. Tonight. Yeah. Tonight? Mm -hmm. Correct. What are we doing tonight? I don't even remember. Uh, Franklin's Kite and Facts About Flatulence. Oh, mm. Awesome. And yeah. when will the uh, cell phones <laughs> on a plane now. air? That will be, uh, it, it's the next episode after that, but at the moment we haven't started the full season, so we're currently, um, Grant, do you know? Probably, uh, I think it was scheduled for about two weeks more. So. Okay. Awesome. Okay. We'll be watching. Thank you guys so much for coming. That was fascinating. We'd love to have you back. I'm Thanks. sure there are many more myths that we and our audience would love to hear about. 
Yeah, Thank and you. if you want to send us feedback, buzz at cnet.com. You can post in our forums, forums.cnet.com. Look for the Buzz Out Loud Lounge, and the phone number is 1-800-616-CNET. Bye. Thank you. Bye. See you. Bye. Bye.